0: Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, because light dawns, we are changed by your word. Jesus alone is revealed, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, as we do in the first installment of our teachings, my assignment this evening really is to begin to lay the bricks upon which we will be building um, a wonderful edifice, a skyscraper. The major difference, please follow this evening. The major difference this time is that the bricks we, we lay, we build on them over the coming weeks for that teaching. However, the bricks we are laying in this month's conversation about the kingdom... It's necessary brick on which every other experience you will have as a believer must be built on, otherwise it won't be sand. That will become clearer as we delve into the message and the conversation of the kingdom, of the kingdom. Our anchor scripture is Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 you will want to take notes because a lot of the things we have believed and held onto for so long will be challenged in this series you will want to take notes you want to write down you want to go back to god's word and say spirit of the living god show me the truth from your word and those notes and the scriptures, light dawns, it begins to come alive, and you begin to say goodbye to a casual, peasant existence, and you begin to say yes to to the calling of the believer, which is a life of dominion. The calling of the believer in Christ Jesus is a life of dominion. Any other gospel that does not emphasize who you have been called to be, that gives you palliatives, that gives you goods from a warehouse, having you kneel to say thank you for what is not just your right, but what you own or rights. That is, no matter how glad it makes you feel, you are not called to be a peasant. You and I as believers in Christ have been called to live a life of dominion. And the objective of the Spirit with us in this season is to begin to remodel our thinking and our mindset so that we can begin to think God's thoughts and begin to see through his lenses that really what is the the contention really is for, it's a kingdom contention. All right. We are laying the bricks this evening. I will not belabor you and attempt to unveil a decade-long conversation Into one teaching. But I want you to open your heart. These are the initial bricks. In the coming weeks. We will build build on them. In the coming years. Your life. If built on the principles of the kingdom. Will remain a wonder to many. Hmm. Somebody say glory to God. Revelation chapter 11. And verse 15. And the seventh angel. Sounded. And there were great voices in heaven saying, now listen to the announcement. The, the metaphor of a trumpet speaks about announcements, a, a proclamation in the spiritual that, that there is about to be an announcement. Listen to the announcement. It says that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Please pay attention. Because a lot of what we will be doing in this conversation is a redefinition of terms. Terms that many believers do not appreciate, understand, or have it internalized experientially in their lives. The scriptures here talk about the kingdoms of this world, talks about the kingdoms of our Lord. The scriptures are clear about the Kingdom of God, the Kingdom of Heaven. Hmm. So, Revelation eleven fifteen is talking about a clash of kingdoms, and it's giving us it, it, it's as though you are watching the evening news, and you are watching the final scores that the match is no longer live. Game game over. There were the kingdoms of the world. The kingdoms of our Lord. And he tells us that the announcement, the, the proclamation of the final score, all right, is that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. He says that the consequence of this is that the king, this king of this winning kingdom, Having reclaimed kingdoms, all right, please follow. <laughs> you, you can see that you can't afford distraction with this series. I don't know if, if you can slice me, you'll see fire bubbling. This this is liberation. This, this right here is deliverance by the word. And I pray for you once again that your heart will be completely open to receive the fullness of the will of the father for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, he says, and he shall reign forever and ever. His kingdom is everlasting. The final verdict is that as part now, I'm beginning to get into it now, as part of the objectives of his kingdom is that there was an extension, a mandate to convert the kingdoms of the world to become the kingdoms of our Lord and eventually incorporate them to being part of the kingdom of God. Hmm. So he announces to us in a document written many centuries ago, the final score. It means that one of the implications of the kingdom, all right, we'll get into definitions shortly, is that this kingdom really is an eternal kingdom. It has a king that reigns forever. And while today in time, it would seem as though the kingdoms of the world are leading. It, it's just like you're watching a game of soccer or, or basketball, or right? and a, a king owns a team, and another king owns a team in the language of Revelation 11, teams actually. And it would seem in time that the kingdoms of the world seem to have an edge. They seem to have the wealth. They seem to have the control. They seem to have the programming. They seem to control the mountains of influence. All right, But the verdict is that by prophecy, we know that the final score is that the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. All right. So one of the first foundational truths, man, light, light, light is done in already. One of the first foundational truths is that this kingdom is an eternal kingdom and that has consequences. This kingdom... Is an, is an eternal kingdom. Our king reigns forever. The average person today has no clue what eternal means, both qualitatively and quantitatively. So let's go into God's word. Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 10. Boy, boy, boy. Isn't fire blazing already? It's an eternal kingdom. Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. It says that part of the operations of this kingdom is that there is a capacity to declare the end from the beginning, to have to to, to be able to say with audacity that the kingdoms of this world in the final verdict they bow and confess that Jesus, the King, is Lord. Boy, oh boy, glory to God. It says, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, the things that are not yet done in time, but settled and established in eternity. Please hear me, child of God. Eternity, your your understanding of eternity, really, you, you cannot just... Define eternity as long time. Eternity is not when time becomes really long. <laughs> I remember when we were a lot younger as kids. And someone, you know, it, it was a common question. Um, adults who come around and say, "You, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? You hear bright things like, I want to be a pilot. I want to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer. You know, I remember one day we were living in, in a, um, how do I describe it? In Let's just say in a multi-family compound house. (laughs) Someone said, aka face me. If you don't know what that means, that's absolutely fine. Glory to God. And we had a couple of kids that would grow up together. And we would ask, so what do you want to be? What do you want to be? And one day, someone bright by some inspiration of genius said, you know what I want to be when I grow up? I want to be a millionaire. Oh, Wow. You know, we had never thought that that was on the table. We just thought it had to be a profession. <laughs> so since that day, it was now a battle of, who can, can, can figure out the largest number. So you hear things like, I'm going to be a millionaire. And another child, we say, no, you millionaire, I'm going to be a billionaire. And someone else, we say, you billionaire, I'm going to be a trillionaire. Someone say, you trillionaire, I'm going to be a zillionaire. Then we started researching, what are the Exponential possibilities, gazillionaire. They will, you, we will now say things like million, 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 <laughs> billion, like like kids. Just imagine being so much. For the average person, that's what eternity looks like. That's why the whole idea of reigning with him to some people is almost boring. <laughs> hey? You mean it doesn't have end? It won't have end forever and ever. Eternity is not... Is not A long, very long time. Eternity is an an entirely different concept that, boy, oh boy, help us, precious Holy Spirit. Such that when scripture describes God as, you, you begin to see words like foreknowledge predetermined many people grapple with these concepts not because they can't make themselves or find themselves to accept and believe god's word but because in believing that if our concept of eternity is long time so you are telling me that god knows what it's not as though god knows what will happen it is that god knows everything Hmm. so this kingdom is eternal and that is why in this kingdom, we can declare the end from the beginning. In this kingdom, we can declare from ancient times the things that are not yet done. That is why in this kingdom we can know of a certain that the kingdoms of this world, the, the kingdoms of the world become the kingdoms of the Lord and of his Christ, and he reigns forever and ever. He says, "My counsel shall stand. isn't that beautiful?" Isn't, this is why I implore believers. Believers, please do not get involved in the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. This is the word of the eternal king. This is the verdict of the eternal king. My counsel shall stand. My counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. Let's read verse 11 since we are there. It might just be a word for someone who needs resources that will come from a distant nation. It says, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from a far country. Yes, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have proposed it. I will also do it. Hmm. Please, our conversation this evening is not an academic pursuit it has consequences for life if indeed this kingdom is eternal this kingdom is outside time this kingdom is superior to time 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 is a weak approximation of the lowest states. You get things like eternity past, eternity present, eternity future. We, we, we try so hard to still drag time into eternity and eternity is saying, don't you get it? We are not made of the same stuff. Everything is in full view before the eternal king. This consciousness makes scripture come alive in a new way. When you when you begin to read scriptures like the lamb of God that was slain before the beginning. So when when you begin to hear before the beginning, it's talking about in eternity. So if Adam, boy, oh boy, if Adam sold humanity in time and redemption took place in eternity, that means before there was an Adam to sell man, God had already made a plan for redemption and declared truths about you and about me before time began. Boy, oh boy, these are eternal truths. We have an eternal kingdom and a king that reigns forever. It declares the end from the beginning. His counsel will stand. Somebody say glory to God. The number two point we want to establish, this kingdom is eternal. It's, it's separate from time. All the noises in time do not affect the eternal counsel. Eventually time submits. Time bows. Everything bows. Everything bows. Time everything, you you don't get it, everything eventually bows and declares that Jesus Christ is Lord. Number two concepts we want to settle very early. The king's purpose is to extend and establish his domain. If it's a kingdom... There is, there is, there is an update. The, the, the priority of the kingdom is an extension and an establishment of the dominion of the king. So we see in Genesis chapter one, verse one, in accordance with the eternal mandate. Remember, before, before time, our king. The eternal king, before time. Our king, the eternal king, before time. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is an attempt at the agenda of the kingdom, which is extension and establishment. So the eternal council, glory to God, in an attempt to, 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 to further the agenda of this king as a council, a council meeting. It was in that council meeting that, 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 that God had met and said, let us make man. In that same council, that was a report of, of a conversation that took place before time. So it tells us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, which is where we can reckon time to start like a, like a stopwatch that actually has an end click in the beginning. And surely... There is a beginning there is an end and then we return to the real existence which is eternity in the beginning god elohim created i'm reading from the kjv it says the heaven and the earth all right trusting the lord that sometime next year we will have that conversation about how to study and interpret the the bible In the beginning, Elohim, I'm not by any means an expert in the Hebrew language, but I know a little bit enough that just as we have in the English language words that end with S or ES, all right, being the plural versions, I know a little bit of Hebrew enough that Hebrew words in I am are plural, Elohim, plural, created the heavens the hebrew word there ends in i am i don't want to belabor you all right i am created the heavens and the earth that big question here is if at the beginning of time god is just creating heavens and the earth where was he have you have you paused to we, we where was he where was he because his kingdom predates the beginning. His kingdom predates heaven and earth. Heaven and earth are an attempt to extend and establish. Extend and establish. Extend in heaven. Boy, oh boy, we are getting into it now. Extend in heaven, a place where a perfect picture can exist for the extension on earth to mirror. All right. Don't worry. We won't rush this month. We are just laying bricks. So in the beginning, God created as as a way of extending and establishing his kingdom that predates time created the heavens. Maybe in another conversation, we'll talk about the heavens and the earth. So Luke chapter 11 verse 2. Luke chapter 11 verse 2. The disciples coming to Jesus and saying, Master, you, you, you just got to teach, teach us to pray. Teach us. Luke 11 verse 2. And he said unto them when you pray. Not if you pray. Say our father which art in heaven. Remember an extension of his kingdom. Our Lord be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. As in heaven the first extension to establish where there is full establishment, so in earth. Mm. Somebody just wants to pray in the language of the spirit for some 10 seconds and soak it in. Just like me, you might just be saying, so if God dwelt in eternity stepped out or or appropriately stooped low to create time and to extend and establish his kingdom by creating the heavens and the earth. Where was his kingdom before then? You know, boy, it was David by revelation who called him the king of glory. So, before time, (laughs) there was glory. See, I could, I could literally just stay here uh, basking in this truth. I know I'm on TV. I could just start spinning and dancing. King of glory. King of glory. What exactly is glory? We'll get there. Well, will we? <laughs> in another series, we must get there. Child of God, open your heart to God's word. Open your heart to God's word. The Bible, there are many layers to, to interacting with scriptures. Jesus showed us the predominant occupation of the believer in Christ. I have come to unveil the kingdom. I've come to unveil the kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom that predates time. It's an eternal kingdom that has a final score. At the, at the final verdict, the kingdoms of the world, meaning, meaning immediately that the attempt of the king to extend and establish in the earth met with resistance and created counter kingdoms that we now call the kingdoms of the world. So what is a kingdom by definition? Dominion of a territorial unit by a king. Dominion. In fact, some dictionaries actually include land. If you don't have land, what's a kingdom? Forget it. And our world today ensures that we don't understand kingdom. Even the royal families we have today are far from sovereign. And when we think about God and his kingdom, the closest approximation is the royalty we have today. They have no impact on our lives. They are, they are largely ceremonial. And the average believer, out of honor and respect, has made God a ceremonial being. The one who stamps documents. The one who waves at events, but has no bearing or impact in the day-to-day affairs of their lives. That's not dominion. That's ceremonial... Um, Existence, and that's not the way the king of this kingdom operates, is an eternal king over a territorial unit executing dominion, executing dominion. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. So we are laying these bricks softly and gently that God's kingdom is eternal. It predates time. The agenda of the kingdom is to extend and to establish. And you see this playing out throughout history. Kingdoms and empires never satisfied. That's that's the way the dominion mandate works. It pushes for advancement, for extension, and for establishment. So how exactly... Did the earth fail in its compliance for extension and establishment? In order to understand that, as part of our attempts to begin to introduce ourselves to kingdom terminology, I need to tell you very quickly the difference between disobedience and rebellion. The difference between disobedience and rebellion, if you don't understand it, you cannot understand the kingdoms of the world. The kingdoms of the world are not disobedient kingdoms. The kingdoms of the world are rebellious kingdoms. They are anti the king of glory. And once you understand the difference between disobedience and rebellion, your eyes now open to really what is going on in the world. You begin to interpret events through the enlightened lens, not the conspiracy lens. Are you still with us this evening? Are you still with us this evening? Disobedience, boy, oh boy. You, you 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 can now understand why the kingdoms of the world have fought so hard to entrench and to establish counter systems counter systems and to sell and market them as the best thing possible. Let me give an example if i if I give an instruction that um Anyone who knocks my door after six p.m. All right, will receive some form of consequence. All right. Um, now, if someone wants to 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 disobey, a um, person can knock at 6:05 six fifteen, six eight. Any time after six, but rebellion is is superior to disobedience because rebellion is targeted at violating the core. Are you seeing it? The core dominion points, or in in this case, for instance, someone who was an ex-insider who used to live in my house can say the reason why he doesn't like knocks after six is because he takes online classes. They actually begin at 7 p.m., all right? And that is Mike. And his video turned on at 7.15. Now that's inside information. Such that the person knocking at 6.15 is in random disobedience. The person who reserves all of their might and says, based on that, we know we are striking a major pain point. That is rebellion. Rebellion is not random, I won't do it. Rebellion is, I won't do it in a way that you will know that I know why I am refusing your dominion. And that's the premise upon which the kingdoms of the world are predicated upon. Our, or uh, literally the world as we know it around us. That's why I, I, I started by saying that you and I have been called to live a life of dominion. And if we don't begin to open our hearts to the concept of the kingdom according to the counsel and the will of the king of glory, we, we, we will just be participators and connivers in this rebellious kingdom called the kingdom of or kingdoms of the world. Somebody say glory to God. Let me give us examples from scripture. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 34. Genesis chapter 26, and somebody light is breaking forth, and you are really understanding what is going on. And it will get clearer in the coming weeks that Adami will rise and we will understand that we are not here for show. <clears throat> we are here to advance the counsel of the king of glory. The one who has beckoned us, boy, am I jumping the gun, Was has beckoned us to be a part of his dominion, of his territorial units, where his counsel, is will, not our ideas or our creations. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 34. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 34 gives us an interesting information. It's easy to miss it. But the spirit of God shines light on it and shows us this is not disobedience. This is the spirit of rebellion at work. This is the spirit of rebellion at work. It says, and Esau was 40 years old when he took to wife Judith. He married. The daughter of Beri, the Ethiite and Bashemat, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. Okay, he married ladies, two of them, in fact, okay? Verse 35 tells us the difference between disobedience and rebellion. It says that which were a grief of mind, that's a bitterness of soul, unto Isaac and to Rebekah. It was striking pain points. He didn't randomly pick these girls. We don't even know if he, if he really liked them. He's saying that, and if you read the events in Genesis chapter 26, he, he must have gotten to a point where he just looked at his life and said, I don't just want to disobey my parents. They, this, this, this so-called covenant <laughs> that they claim that I, God has called our ancestor Abraham to, i'm not going to have a party in it and it's fine if all i will do is just walk away and say i'm not involved but if there's any way i can contribute to the to to the destruction of that mandate if if there's any way i can see to it remember what's the mandate extension and establishment that was the that was the i that was the drive for the colonizers That we won't leave our own place, but there are tools that we can leverage to ensure that we reproduce our thinking and our system and we get them thinking the thoughts we want them to think. We get them educated learning the things we want them to learn. Never learning dominion, but learning subservience. It says it was a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebecca that was outright rebellion, not disobedience. And this is this is the premise of the kingdoms of the world. They see the system that guides world operations today isn't random. It's targeted at the core of God's dominion two points. They are not fighting, they are fighting specific areas with huge investments of deception of lie, of perversion, and people are beginning to buy the lie and soak in the fear. And I pray for you that you will not be a victim of this. Instead, you will arise to the calling that rests upon your life, to be God's tool, to be God's... Boy, oh boy. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. We can't talk about rebel kingdoms, Without going to Genesis chapter 11, we can't, there is no way you can talk about rebel kingdoms without going to Genesis chapter 11. It says, and the whole earth was of one language. Please pay attention to understand Genesis 11, we have to go to Hebrews 11. Hmm. Because as part of God's attempt to reclaim his kingdom, having been sold, remember the eternal agenda of God was settled already in eternity. So it was too late for Adam to destroy it in time. Glory to God. Christ, the king that reigns forever, already knew. Not that he he, he just foreknew. The the, the concept of foreknowing is dragging time into eternity. He knew because he is eternal. The king of glory. The Holy Spirit will give me permission to share with us the definition of glory I received by light. It's one thing to have the permission to share it. It's another thing for it to to elicit the same amount of light. The king of glory. He created the heavens. Let, Let that sink in. He made it. He made the heavens. He made it. And he said, let's extend Establish Genesis chapter 11. We are laying the bricks this evening. Genesis chapter 11. And the whole earth, I'm reading from verse 1, was of one language. Please pay attention and one speech, talking about the role of communications in extending and establishing kingdoms. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east. That they found a plain in the land of China, a land, the role of land and estates in extending and establishing kingdoms. In fact, you can't call it a kingdom if there is no territorial unit, if land is not involved. It says, and they dwelt there. Please pay attention to these words because we will see the king of glory show up with his original mandate in Hebrews chapter 11. And some of these thoughts begin to play again. The the role of communications, the role of land. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they add brick for stone, and slime add day for mortar. The role of technology in advancing kingdoms—we've seen that already in just these three verses: communications, land, technology. The more you study colonization, the more you see the role that technology played. I can, I, I, I can speak. For example, there were sophisticated, wealthy African civilizations before the invasions from the West and before a group of people sat down on a table to divide an entire continent and to murder unimaginable evil. There were sophisticated, wealthy kingdoms. In fact, see, highly sophisticated civilizations The only issue was that there was something called technology. In fact, as far as British colonization is concerned, one of the major tools that advanced that agenda was the creation of the Maxim gun. So you go to a kingdom in in, in a region of Africa where they say we are undefeatable. We have mighty warriors that have killed lions and torn bears and done all sorts of mighty things. And you bring your chief warrior, and he's, he's chanting and chanting and chanting, and then someone just spins something and. Pfft. He says, We'll make brick. We'll burn it thoroughly. We will solidify our technology. He says, And they were indeed successful with this technology brick and mortar. So, verse four having solidified communications having established dominion over land and having enhanced technology, they said, now let us start the rebellion mandates. It's never random. That's what I need you to see, child of God. It's never random. The enemy is going after specific points. Specific points It's not just I, I just want to, to, to do opposite, it's not about opposite, it is deliberate targeting of the foundations of the of the premises of the king of glory. Remember, I said if it's going to be real rebellion, there has to be some inside information. You know the time, you know the plan. <laughs> Except that in this case, you don't know the plan. Glory to God. It's an eternal plan that was sealed in Christ Jesus. and what a privilege it is for you and me to be beckoned in. I'm literally <laughs> to be partakers of that divine life. So in verse 4, they said, let us build us a city. That sounds very... Noble, let's just build this. It's not just a city. Let's build a city hmm. and a tower. Who stop may reach unto heaven. Hmm. Hmm. It says, and let us make a name, hmm. lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. If you have a paper Bible, please underline lest we be scattered a bird upon the face of the whole earth. In military, st- in military strategy and in kingdom communications, the action is known to the strategists, the real reason is known to the strategists, and a reason convincing enough to get the buying of the subjects is given to the ground workers. So when a war really is about oil or opium, at the level of the key deciders, what is sold to the masses is that we're fighting terrorism. Selah. So the, the reason that was sold to the masses is that lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. But the agenda of the rebellious kingdom was that we will rise to heaven and we will be thrown. <laughs> Oh my, oh my. Not knowing that this one existed before he created heaven. is an eternal king of glory. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right. Let's find a way to, we are not landing anytime soon, but let's find a way to, 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 to go 45,000 feet. All right. Above sea level and and coast in the spirit that between now and next week, Wednesday, you are really you are there speaking in the spirit and say, Boy, oh boy, the King of Glory has beckoned me into a kingdom. I am not the member of a church. I am the citizen of a kingdom. I have I have I have royalty dripping in me and there is a mandate that my king is obsessed with that mandate is to extend and to establish. The moment I align with extending and establishing I unlock the resources. These resources are not heaven earth time resources. These are eternal resources that have existed within and by the king of glory that if we will Find kings, Other kingdoms have subjects. This king, boy, oh boy, I think I'm jumping weeks ahead now. Other kingdoms have subjects and secret agendas. In this kingdom, we have a righteous king who has an agenda. open, righteous king. So let's slow down a bit. As you can probably tell, I'm, I'm fired up, because it breaks, it breaks, it breaks. I'm sure it breaks. the father's heart also. That is children who have been beckoned into a kingdom. <laughs> they they literally just want to go knock the door of a warehouse and pick palliatives. Some some won't understand what I'm talking about. In the heat, this is see, this is why you need to begin to challenge yourself to arise to the stature of dominion. In the heat of the pandemic in 2020, a nation of which I shall not speak of, of which many of you will probably know, add food materials, just to encourage people to stay at home and to to contribute to to, to curtailing the menace as it ravaged, many of you are aware, in 2020. And you had leaders, senators, representatives conniving together, keeping all of these things in a warehouse, and the people they were meant for, some of them literally had the audacity to print bags and share on their birthdays. Guess what? Those people said thank you. They say thank you. So you can see that the kingdoms of the world they are deliberate, strategic, they are on agenda. It's it's targeted rebellion. Keep them blind, keep them ignorant, keep them deceived, keep them fighting themselves, keep them confused, keep them distracted. While well, we begin to go. But boy, oh boy, don't we, glory to God. Don't we know the final score? That there was an announcement, glory to God, that the kingdoms of the world are now become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ. And He shall reign forever and ever. Let's begin to see how we can tie this up this evening. I will pick it up next week, Wednesday. Please, I want to encourage you, do not miss this series do not miss any if you've read if you've heard about the kingdom b- great bring that expectation if you've not heard you've not read bring that hunger together the lord will fill us in the name of jesus hmm. in the gospels we are introduced to the life and times of jesus the son of god remember he is the king that reigns forever and ever And we are introduced to him through, as it were, four lenses in the Gospels. The account of Matthew. The account of Mark. The account of Luke, the physician. The account of John, the beloved. (laughs) Glory to God. So let's look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. Tells us really what this book is about. This was a Jewish author. Writing to Jewish Christians and the obsession of the average Jew is a king that will reign. They called him the Messiah. So Matthew in his gospel presented Jesus as king. That was his focus. So if we want to, if we really want to understand the kingdom where we should really go and park is in the book of Matthew. But this evening as we begin to round up Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. It says the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Hmm. What's the scripture? Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Hmm. the son of David. So, Matthew is telling us here that if you want to understand the Messiah, if you want to understand the king and his purposes, we are tracing royalty through David. In fact, in the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, every other person was called by first name David was called King David, the son of Abraham. We would reckon Abraham, the father of faith. Many of us do not reckon that that is where the conversation of restoring the kingdom began. That the transaction that took place at the fall of man and God's plan of redemption in eternity before man was sold, would find expression by covenant in a man named Abraham. A beckoning for him not to be a part of the principles of China, and the agenda of Babylon, Babel, Babylon, which is still very much operational today. There is still the use and the manipulation of communications, land, and technology to advance this demonic rebellion, to ascend to heaven, to dethrone the king. That's really the agenda, but we will sell it to the world as lest we be scattered abroad. This is deep. So Matthew says, the book of generation of Jesus Christ, the ultimate picture of kingdom ideology, the son of David, the pointer to kingdom living and the son of Abraham, the patriarch of the attempt of the king of glory to restore the kingdom. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 8. Glory to God. Come on, just right there where you are, just pray in the language of the spirit for 10 seconds. Pray in the language of the spirit for 10 seconds. Ha Thank you, Jesus. 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 The King of glory. The King of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called. Remember, I told you to pay attention to certain concepts from Genesis chapter 11. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, the word called there is, is, it means a summon, when he was invited. Hmm. It tells us that our adventure into the kingdom life begins with an invitation. You've not been invited to religion. You've not been invited to church. You've not been invited to morality. The calling on your life is an invitation to reality, an invitation to the kingdom life, an invitation to dominion over a territorial unit. The council of the king. Hmm, it was called to go out into a place which, it, which he should after receive hmm, for an inheritance. He says he obeyed. He was called. He obeyed. He did not rebel. So in kingdom terminology, the opposite of obedience is not disobedience. It is rebellion. Because you are not saying no to an instruction. You are saying no to a king. He hmm. says he went out not knowing whither he went. He says in verse 9, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise. Somebody on the land on the line land. So we can see that he was called, was invited. He sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country. It says dwelling in tabernacles, technology. Dwelling in buildings. You know this, this scripture, the more you brood over it, the more you see how deep it is. It says with Isaac and Jacob. (laughs) Oh my. Abraham dwelt in tabernacles with Isaac and with Jacob. (laughs) With Isaac and with Jacob. It says the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10. It says for he looked for a city which had foundations. Not a rebellious building. The agenda of Babel and Babylon. It says this one. The builder is God. This one has foundations. Hmm. He looked for a city. Which had foundations. Hmm. What's the takeaway for us this evening? There is an invitation that has your name on it. It's an invitation to the kingdom life. It's an invitation to dominion. It's an invitation to the council of the king of glory an invitation to understand the kingdoms of the world and the agenda and investment towards rebellion it's an invitation to see yourself and your place like abraham that you've been called out that is land communications land technology tabernacles with isaac and with jacob transgenerational boy oh boy in coming series we'll talk about really why the enemy is after families tabernacles with isaac and with jacob Hmm. somebody say glory to god somebody say glory to god a city was builder and maker is god a, an existence a dominion whose king is the king of glory and i pray for you under the sound of my voice that whatever lies whatever deceptions whatever scales, whatever whatever systems have in inund- on that i i've reduced us to subservient living and carefully silently participating in rebellion, that that invitation light begins to break over your heart and your spirit begins to burn bright, that you begin to see the real calling upon your life for dominion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hmm. This is not a kingdom of kings, of a king ruling subjects. This is a righteous king, a king of kings. So just to begin to provoke your heart as to what the Lord wants to do with us as we begin this conversation on the kingdom. Remember, it's an eternal kingdom. Pre-exists, predates time, predates heaven, predates earth. He's the king of glory. If he's the king, he has his counsel, he has his dominion. And the, the mandate really is extension and establishment. Extension and establishment that will go there conquer to establish means that they will throw away their language and pick up our language. They will throw away their thinking, pick up our thinking. throw away everything, that's establishment. Hmm. As we round up this evening, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, the communication of the extension and establishment mandate. To the one who was meant to run with the baton. (laughs) Glory to God. The generations of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Boy, are we going to have wonderful time in God's word. I trust you've been blessed this evening. What I want to read is scripture you know. And I'm going to shout it out to your spirit. That something on your inside will be provoked. That boy, how did I get comfortable with staying at the door of a warehouse? when i'm literally called to rule and to reign in dominion and i'm begging for crumbs no 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 how did i buy this lie so much and become so blind that i can't see really that this is rebellion at work and i've been invited i've been called out to participate genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to verse 28 as we begin to round up and god said unto you Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Let's speak it from verse 26. And God said, let us, Elohim, let us make man in our image after our likeness. He says, let's mold him in the fashion of kingdom existence and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So, God created man in his own identity, in his own nature, in his own glory. In the glory of God created e them, male and female. Lest anyone bring new lies to you, male and female created he them in the beginning. And God bless them. And God said unto them, part of this dominion mandate, part of kingdom living and thinking is that you will be fruitful. Come on, can I hear somebody say, big amen? go and be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue. Have dominion. Come on, I'm speaking straight to your destiny now. Whatever has kept you small, limited, peasant, living, have dominion. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven and say, Father, thank you for your word. <laughs> thank you for your word. Thank you for sending me this word right now in this exact season. I have been called to live a life of dominion. There's a clash of kingdoms, but I know the winning team. I know that it's the kingdoms of the world that become the kingdoms of our Lord. Thank you for inv- the invitation to partake in reality. Let them have dominion glory be to your name be thou magnified for in Jesus name we have prayed hmm. as we round up this evening I want to pray with someone under the sound of my voice you are seeing when and where did this invitation come hmm. life outside of Christ is already rebellion by definition and there is an invitation upon your life to come to the father through jesus christ i want to pray with you if you've not made him lord over your life you're hearing these words something in you is moving that's the Holy spirit brooding over your heart bringing conviction i want to pray with you say lord jesus i believe you are the son of god thank you for dying for my sins thank you for pulling me out of the kingdom of darkness out of the kingdom of rebellion and bringing me into the kingdom of light. I believe, therefore I confess with my own mouth that I am now Lord and King over my life. Thank you for the grace to live for you to pursue the agenda and the counsel of the King of glory. Praise and honor be unto your name. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. In G- come and come on, come on, wherever you are. If you can, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout! Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at infoinfo I-N-F-O, at kicc or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash But it's doing amazing things now, Miss, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.